to tell the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Hey, what's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we start the discussion off by talking about pickle juice for heartburn. Good idea or myth in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about how to tell the difference between weight loss and fat loss. And listen, brother, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you think. First and foremost, it's about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so, I've got a freebie for you. The 10 Daspination Mind Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then get on over to podcast.daspination.com to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.gasplanation.com slash mindhack. Again, that's podcast.gasplanation.com slash mindhack. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to write me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Now let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is another beautiful one here on the western portion of the United States. Uh, I hope you guys are doing great out there. I hope you guys find yourself in good health. I hope you find yourself in good spirits. Um, We're just finally getting past all the holiday festivities over here at Casa de Rodriguez and um, yeah we've gotten past the Christmas and the New Year's and then a few birthdays celebrations and whatnot and things are going great so I hope that you know I hope you guys are doing just as great and um, yeah so what are we talking about uh, in this week's installment of Healthy Conversations? Well I, I, I personally think that this is a great question to, to, to discuss really this whole pickle juice for heartburn like is it a good idea or a myth you know and i know quite a few people that suffer from heartburn uh myself included and so i'm sure that they can all appreciate this question and i'd like to gauge this with all of you out there also so drop it in the comments if you suffer from acid reflux aka heartburn drop it down there now i want to see the comments light up because I know that for many people, this this is a thing, for real. Like, I truly know so many out there that suffer from this, and it's, it's for different reasons. Like, not everyone has it for the same reason, yet they've got it. You know, they've got, they, they get heartburn, they suffer from this. And we're talking about this topic of pickle juice and whether or not it's a, if it's good for heartburn, you know, as a relief tool. Now, first off, uh, so that we're all on the same page here. Uh, when we refer to pickle juice or when we're saying pickle juice, this is the liquid used to turn cucumbers into pickles and then to preserve them. You know, it's typically 
a liquid solution made out of uh, water, salt, vinegar, and calcium chloride. Like that's the base. And then there are seasonings that are added or, or flavors for specific types of pickles like dill pickles and sweet pickles and even hot pickles. And uh, some people, well, they drink the pickle juice as a home remedy for treating heartburn or acid reflux. So when I heard this, I wondered, uh, you know, is this actually by uh, backed by any type of science? And so I went digging, you know, because I wanted to find out if it was actually effective. And I wanted to find out the effectiveness of pickle juice for heartburn in specific, you know, and, and here's what I found. So heartburn is a symptom of acid reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease, or what's more commonly known as GERD or GERD. And, and this is basically when the acid in your stomach creeps up on you or is regurgitated from the stomach back into your esophagus. And if you're not aware, this is the opposite way that it should be traveling. You know, this is the total opposite way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be going the other direction through your digestive system. And, and like I mentioned earlier, it's caused by any number of things. So different types of stress on the body, uh, spicy or acidic foods or even overeating can all cause heartburn. And this heartburn literally feels like a burning pain in your chest, just behind uh, your chest bone or your breastbone. And it generally gets worse after eating or drinking or when you're lying down flat on your back or stomach. Now, the effectiveness of drinking pickle juice to relieve heartburn symptoms seems to be uh, subjective for lack of better term. You know, some people find it helpful, some don't, but there's no scientific research supporting this. There's nothing in the scientific world that says that the use of pickle juice is a treatment for heartburn, like nothing like that. The train of thought behind the whole use of pickle juice is that the, the juice is a concentrated source of lactobacillus. This is a healthy probiotic bacteria found in your gut's microbiome and on the skins of cucumbers. So naturally, <laughs> drinking the juice is thought to help add to the existing quote-unquote good bacteria in your gut. So that's kind of the train of thought that people are thinking, which in theory, you know, in theory, it should calm the regurgitation of acid up through the esophagus, that upward movement we talked about earlier. But here's the thing that most people are missing, and it's that most uh, commercially prepared pickles are pasteurized, you know? So this basically means that they've went through a heating process to kill any potentially harmful bacteria before being sold at the store. So now uh, you might be thinking this is a good thing, right? But it really isn't. <laughs> because this process of pasteurization also removes this, the good bacteria. So this basically means that there's likely, <laughs> there's a good chance that there's no active uh, lactobacillus left on the pickle or in the pickle juice by the time that jar hits the store shelf. No good. Not only that, but even though there are some people that say that drinking pickle juice helps with their heartburn, there's a whole lot more people that say that it has no effect. Plus, there's no scientific proof of this being good or not for heartburn. Like, 
I mean, again, it's a symptom of something bigger. It's a symptom of GERD. It's a symptom of acid reflux disease. It's a, it's a symptom of indigestion. And, and these diseases, these conditions, uh, <laughs> the pickle juice is not a scientifically proven treatment for these, you know? So here's the bottom line. Heartburn is an uncomfortable symptom of various, you know, different digestive conditions. Like there's no secret about that. These conditions lead to your stomach acid moving back up into your esophagus and causing that burning sensation. And while some people have reported that drinking the juice, uh, uh, you know, that pickle juice has helped alleviate their heartburn, uh, again, others have found that it is pretty much ineffective and even may even have the opposite effect. It makes uh, heartburn even worse. In fact, there's pretty much no scientific evidence that supports the use of pickle juice as a home remedy for heartburn. But there are other more reliable and effective treatments for heartburn, which include uh, things like lifestyle changes, things like dietary modifications, things like um, actually even medication. So if you're experiencing persistent or chronic heartburn symptoms, if that's you, and you're not able to manage them with simple lifestyle changes, then it would be a good idea for you to talk to your doctor <laughs> for a little additional help on what you can specifically do to help with this and so the more you know the better you'll be and now with all that said and done let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with mighty man oh yeah well that was an interesting topic we had there uh, about the pickle juice i've heard about this in the past and uh you know i just i had to look into it because i kind of suffer from heartburn myself every now and then i'll get a uh, a serious bout <laughs> it just kind of pops up out of nowhere it's nothing chronic it's i don't suffer from it chronically but it, I, it does creep up here and there and, and you know if there's something i can use to to reduce that or to alleviate it i'm all ears you know but this pickle juice thing i'm not too sure and i like pickles you know but i don't think i'll be slurping down any <laughs> any juice anytime soon <laughs> But anyway, moving along to uh, this week's installment of uh, Mighty Man, uh, we're talking about how to tell the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Uh, and this is this is pretty important if you ask me. So uh, first of all, let, let me ask you a question. Um, do you know what the difference is between weight loss and fat loss? Let me know. Drop it down below. Uh, I want to see that the, the comments light up again because a lot of times, here's the thing, <laughs> these terms are sometimes or a lot of times they're used interchangeably and you know, this this is not right. This is incorrect. And and we're, we're going to talk a little about different ways that you can use to tell if you're losing fat. We'll chat a little about you know, focusing on fat loss rather than weight loss and why, <laughs> you know, and then we'll round out the discussion with how to lose fat and gain muscle. But because let's face it, we all want to look sexy, right? <clears throat> Am I right? <laughs> and the key to looking sexy is muscle. And I'm not talking about, you know, bodybuilding type of muscle. Like we're not trying to look like the rock, you know, that might be your thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. But lean muscle is what we're after or, or what we should be after. 
So first of all, weight loss refers to a decrease in your overall body weight from muscle, water, and fat losses, period. Like, straight to the point. You know, so when you're referring to weight loss, you're talking about everything. Again, muscle, water, and fat. Fat loss, on the other hand, refers to weight loss specifically from fat. And it's a more specific and healthful goal than weight loss. But it could be pretty difficult. It could be hard to know whether you're losing weight from fat or muscle. And so when we're, quote unquote, when we're watching our weight, you know, or keeping track of it, or however you would like to label it as, it's common practice to track your weight loss progress using a simple scale. And while this, you know, this can be helpful for sure, you know, most scales don't differentiate between fat loss and muscle loss. They don't tell you those measurements independently. And, and that's what we need to know. You, you need to understand the difference uh, between one and the other and, and, and how to lower the fat in your body and, and, and build up on the muscle. So for that reason, tracking only your weight isn't a reliable way to determine whether you're losing fat or muscle and in what amounts. And this is important. Why? <laughs> well, because at the end of the day, you want to be losing fat and gaining muscle. That being said, a body fat scale can give you a more accurate picture of your overall body composition by measuring the percentage of fat and muscle that you have. And, uh, you know, you can also use uh, a skinfold caliper <laughs> if you have those that's when you know that device that kind of pinches your, your your belly fat you know that'll give you a good estimate of your body fat percentage but this kind of takes practice to make sure that you're doing it right so you have to kind of know what you're doing and, and uh and have enough practice at it to really get good with it you know so obviously this isn't recommended much but it's still you know i guess it's still a viable option if you so choose but just as long as you're focusing on the fat loss and not the weight loss because here's the thing many uh weight loss programs out there they they claim to to help you lose weight quickly and easily i'm sure today alone i'm sure you've come across several of them you know but it's important to realize that most of this weight that you lose with these quote-unquote these fad diets most of the weight includes water and muscle losses so again losing muscle is bad muscle is crucial it's a crucial component of your overall health your your health literally depends on it and maintaining a healthy percentage of muscle in your body has several benefits like regulating healthy blood sugar levels and maintaining healthy fat levels in your blood like your triglycerides and cholesterol maintaining healthy percentage of muscle helps with all these bodily functions and it also plays a role in controlling inflammation and actually uh several studies have even linked a higher fat to muscle ratio to chronic diseases like metabolic syndrome and uh, heart disease and diabetes. So again, maintaining your muscle mass is important. It's also been linked to a reduced risk of age-related muscle loss. This ends up showing up in, in your body uh, as frailty or, you know, a potentially disabling condition, you know? We all know an aunt or an uncle who's so fragile that the slightest breeze can knock them down, am I right? They can benefit from adding on a little muscle, for sure, right? So again, muscle is important. In fact, uh, the more muscle you have, the more 
calories you can burn at rep. How about that? <laughs> this is the main reason why men generally have higher calorie needs than women. You know, it's because they, uh, you know, men tend to carry more muscle, so they need more calories to feed those muscles. And then there's the flip side of the coin where losing weight in the form of muscle can decrease or lower the number of calories you burn at rest. This makes it easier to regain weight that you lost in the form of fat. So I'm sure we've all experienced this where, you know, you hit the gym hard for a couple of months, maybe two, three months, you hit it hard, you lose some weight, you're looking good, you're, you're fitting into your jeans, your trim, your fit, your, you know, your, everything's good, right? And something happens, life throws you a curveball, and you end up, uh, you know, missing a, a week of the, at the gym or uh, whatever the case is, and uh, the weight just comes right back, right? And it comes back worse, you know, it comes right back in the form of fat. We've all experienced this, right? And now, uh, you know, there, there's a few simple ways to make sure you lose weight in the form of fat and either maintain or gain muscle mass. Uh, these are things like eating plenty of protein, uh, exercising regularly, and, and following a nutrient-dense diet. So that whole magical combination of protein, exercise, and diet that puts you in a slight calorie deficit. And that's the key there is, is that calorie deficit. So let, let's go with the protein first. We know <laughs> protein is an important nutrient for many of our bodily functions. We've talked about this in the past. I mentioned this earlier. And, and you know, the body just, it needs that protein. The body needs it to make enzymes that help with digestion and energy production. It regulates fluid balance and supports your immune health. And these are just a few of the functions that protein help. It's also important for maintaining the muscle you have and supporting new muscle growth. So especially when you're losing weight, you know, so you want if you want to maintain the, the little bit of muscle that you do have and then grow more muscle, protein is super, super important. In fact, in, in one four week study, uh, young men were randomized to consume or eat a low-calorie diet that contained either 0.55 grams or 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And along with the protein, they had to perform a specific exercise training program that was intense. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty high intense. And, and these numbers, I didn't quite understand why they chose these numbers, but I suppose like looking at them, 0.55 versus 1.1, it's kind of like 0.55 is half of 1.1, I suppose. So they, they're kind of doubling the amount of, of protein that one group took in versus the other. And while both groups lost a, a pretty significant amount of weight, uh, they found that the men who ate the higher protein diet lost more fat and they actually gained more muscle than those in the group who had, you know, the lower protein diet. And, and here's something important to note, is that this study found that having a high protein recovery snack after a high intensity resistance workout made the biggest difference. Like that made the, the greatest difference. And while uh, eating plenty of protein with a lower calorie diet and no weight training may not help you gain muscle, it still helps you to maintain the muscle while increasing fat loss. So it's still a good thing. You know, like we mentioned earlier, even if you're not necessarily trying to gain muscle, you're just trying to lose the fat, you know, protein still helps because it helps you to maintain your existing muscle and basically shred off all the fat. In fact, a 
review of 20 independent studies involving men and women ages 50 years and older found that a high-protein diet led to more muscle mass retention and fat loss than a lower protein diet. So get that protein into your diet if you're looking to lose the fat. And now, as far as exercise is concerned here, there's no way around it. You know, exercise is the most effective way to encourage that fat loss rather than the muscle loss. Bar none, hands down, end of discussion. But <laughs> no, actually, uh, there are studies that have found uh, that older adults with obesity who exercised and did cardio and uh, weight training at least three times per week and followed uh, a low calorie diet, the study found that they retained 93% more of their muscle than those who didn't exercise. That's huge. <laughs> That's a huge amount of muscle to maintain. That's great, you know? And so exercise alone is a great way to maintain muscle mass along with dieting. But if you want to optimize and maximize your results, then you'll want to combine exercise with a higher protein intake. That, that seems to be the magic combination there, is the exercise and more protein. That's it. <laughs> you know, and now, right this very moment, the recommended amount of physical activity for American adults is at least 150 minutes to 300 minutes. So that amount of time per week of cardio and muscle strength training that involves all major muscle groups. And I say right now or right at this moment because who knows? <laughs> you know, in five to ten years, this might change. Who knows? It might change. <laughs> and how about the dieting part? Well, here's the thing with that. To lose weight, you must be in a de calorie deficit. That, <laughs> there's no way around it, you know. But here's another thing, you know. You can create this deficit by eating fewer calories or by exercising, one or the other, you know. But obviously, the preferred method is by doing both because if you cut your calories too much, uh, you know, this can lead to other muscle loss rather than fat loss. So that exercise will keep your muscle intact. So instead, what you want to do is uh, aim to moderately lower the number of calories you take in by five to 600 per day. This will help lower the amount of muscle you lose and still make fat loss happen. Now, uh, you know, when people hear me say, quote unquote, uh, lower the number of calories, they automatically think of eating less. And this is not true, you know, and don't get me wrong. I used to think this also, you know, but I learned, <laughs> you know. So, again, this is not true. That's not what we're talking about here. You know, you can lower your number of calories that you consume by eating more fruits, by eating more vegetables, by eating more whole grains and, and lean protein foods and low-fat low dairy, things like that. And also by eating less of the sugar-sweetened foods and drinks. So, uh, yeah, no Coke for you, baby. <laughs> eating less processed meats and fried food, these are all ways to cut calories from your diet. That's the way to do it. Not just arbitrarily saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to physically eat less. No, that's not good. You're going to end up starving yourself and, and you're just going to throw your body out of whack. You know what I mean? Like your body needs calories for energy, you know? You need to eat more of the good things and less of the bad things. And by doing so, you'll start losing fat rather than just weight because remember weight loss has to do with lowering your overall body weight that's not what we're looking for 
We're looking for fat loss, and fat loss refers to the weight loss that happens specifically from losing fat. And a good uh, body fat scale or skinfold caliper is more useful for monitoring fat loss than tracking your body weight alone. We just, you know, actually we we, we just got a really good one online recently, and uh, I, I forget the uh, the brand name of it. Um, but uh, if you want to know, reach out to me and I'll let you know. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's great because it syncs through Bluetooth to my phone. And so I can see all of my numbers, including like, you know, my BMI and some other key indicators of fat and muscle. And, uh, you know, and then I can build a little a regimen around that, you know, specifically tailored for me. You know what I mean? So I love it. It's pretty awesome. My wife found it. And uh, yeah, kudos to, to the wife for finding that uh, that scale is I'll get the name of it, and uh, you know, if, you, if you're interested to know, let you know, reach out, and I'll I'll, I'll let you know. But there are other, there's other simple ways to get those numbers too, including uh, you know, measuring inches of loss from your waist and your, and your hips, and basically noting any changes in how your clothes fit around your waist, because that that's a good indicator of losing fat rather than just arbitrarily losing weight. If your clothes are fitting better, like you're fitting. Uh, like they're, they're fitting better at the, the hips and things like that, then you know that you're doing the right thing. And look, the bottom line is that losing weight in the form of fat rather than muscle should be your priority. That's the priority here. And you can prioritize fat loss by eating plenty of protein, exercising, and moderately restricting the calories you take in on a daily basis. Those three key points right there, the protein, Exercise that combination, the protein exercising and calorie restriction. You get those three dialed in, and you're gonna <laughs> your fat is gonna melt away, your muscle is gonna go up. You know what I mean? And you're gonna be looking great. You're gonna be looking sexy. You're gonna be look, you're gonna be feeling awesome. And that's what we're after. And and then you can do it. <laughs> you know, you just take these baby steps. You know, and just keep building upon them, and you'll you'll eventually get there. But it's that consistency with these three items, again, the protein, the exercising, and the calorie deficit, and you'll get there. You'll get there, my friend. Trust me. <laughs> and so with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. There's nothing else. I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about how to stay committed to your fitness goals even without support. So fellas, if you're already about to quit on your New Year's resolution, then next week's episode is for you. And look, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you might think. First and foremost, it's all about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so I've got a free for you called the 10 Gaspination Mind Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then head on over to podcast.gaspination.com slash mindhacks to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results you're fully after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.gaspination.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.dasplanation.com slash mindhack. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, 
Juicy five-star review. And some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helped me get the word out, and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Till our next chat, take care now. Bye.